How you spend your time is important. It's not like you can go back in time to change it. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, Doc. Uh, are you telling me that you built a time machine? Everyone is given the same amount of time, and it's up to you how you use it. What can we do to be good stewards of our time? To take the time that we've been given and make that time count. Welcome to Anchor Points, a program produced by Frederick Seventh-day Adventist Church of Frederick, Maryland. Here, we hope you'll find answers to some of life's everyday struggles. You can learn more at fredericksdachurch.org. Today, listen in as Robert Quintana helps you discover how God calls everyone to be good stewards of their time and how it can transform the way we relate to others and the world around us in Part 3 of Make It Count. Now, for as much fun as I make of meteorologists, or as much fun as we make of meteorologists when they get it wrong, I think it's pretty neat, though, that they can get it right as many times as they do. Whenever there is a hurricane that might make landfall, you might remember the charts and the graphs on TV, you know, and and it has this path of where they think the hurricane is going to go. And then, you know, as, as it gets farther away from where it actually is, it gets a little wider. You know, that these are where we think, you know, that the hurricane could go. And it's pretty amazing that most of the time they're accurate as to where the hurricane's going to go. I just think it's pretty neat that we have the technology to do that. Now, some of us who are a little older, you know, oh, that knee's bothering me. That means there's a... Uh, a good storm coming or my back's a little out of whack, that must mean there's a storm coming. And there's all of these different ways of determining what the weather's going to be like. And apparently it was no different during Jesus's time. I'd like for you to turn in your Bibles to the book of Luke. Luke chapter 12, verse 54. Jesus is speaking to the multitudes here. And he says in verse 54, then he also said to the multitudes, whenever you could see a cloud rising out of the west, immediately you say a shower is coming. And so it is. Verse 55. And when you see the south wind blow, you say there will be hot weather and there is. And so even back in Jesus's time, they had ways of predicting the weather, predicting storms, predicting what was going to take place in the coming days regarding the weather. And I think that's pretty neat. But today's message isn't about predicting the weather. Today's message is about the verse that follows. You see, because Jesus has some pretty stern words to those that were listening. And in verse 56, he says, hypocrites. Now, We all know what it means to be a hypocrite, right? A hypocrite is someone who says something and does something differently. Does anyone here know any hypocrites? You don't need to raise your hand. You know, a study that came out uh, just recently says that the world looks at the Christians um, and the percentages are pretty high. Somewhere 80, 87% of the world views Christians at, as hypocrites. We say one thing, but we do something different. But here Jesus says to them, you hypocrites. He says, you can discern the face of the sky and of the earth, but how is it 
you do not discern this time. How is it that you cannot discern the times in which we live? And if this verse was true 2,000 years ago, it is even more true today. How is it that we cannot discern the time that we are living in? You know, I was having lunch with a good friend of mine uh, just a few months ago. And uh, he said to me, does your church believe in like end, end time events that, you know, we're, we're going to be living in, in the end times and that we, that destruction is going to come and, and that there's something really bad that's going to happen at the end of time. And I said, well, you know, our church believes it just because the Bible says that perilous times are going to come. So yeah, we believe that that's going to happen. And he said to me, I just feel like it's just right around the corner. I mean, it is just going to happen. And there seems to be this sediment around our community and in our world that something big is about to happen. Has anyone seen that new series on TV, Doomsday Preppers? And on this show, it is about men and women, families who feel that the world is coming to an end and we, it is imminent. And so they are preparing, they call them preppers, they are preparing for that doomsday apocalyptic event that will destroy the world and that we will live from now on differently than we ever have before. Some feel that like half of the world's population will be destroyed, whether by natural disasters or an epidemic or a disease. And it is interesting to see how these individuals are preparing for the end time. They're just men and women who feel that because of what they see around them, because of the financial crisis that's going on around the world or because of all the fault lines that run through our country, that something huge is going to happen. There is this one guy that follows solar flares and he believes that there's going to be a solar flare soon that will wipe our electrical grid and we will not have electricity. We will not be able to drive our cars. Trucks will not be able to deliver foods into grocery stores and we won't have any electricity to do anything. And so, of course, he says, when that happens, the world will go chaos. There will be violence on the streets and every man for himself. And so as a result, he is stocking up, stocking up food, stocking up ammunition, we might say, man, they're crazy. But could they be onto something? And I'm not saying that we need to go out and start stockpiling food and ammunition, but are they sensing something that we all deep down inside are sensing as well, that we are nearing the end time? You know, and if we were to be honest with ourselves and we were to look around and and see what's going on in the world today, we too would come to the conclusion that we are living in the end of time. And the Bible does tell us that there will come a time so bad that if those days were not shortened, no man would be saved. And so we know that that time is coming. But what I think it's interesting about what Jesus is saying here is not so much about worrying about that time, but what he's talking about leading up to this is how can we make 
and take advantage of the time that we have. Because in other words, he's saying you don't understand the time that we're living in. And as a result, you're just wasting away your time. You're wasting away your gifts. You're wasting away your energies because you do not realize you are not discerning the time in which we are living. Now, see, we've started this series a few uh, weeks ago, and, and this series is about stewardship, right? And, and as I've already mentioned, stewardship isn't about acquiring more or wanting to have more. Stewardship is about taking what we have and making the most of it, making it count, whatever that might be. Last time we were together, we talked about the gift of communication, The gift of words. That God has given us the gift of being able to communicate with one another. And so the last time we met, it was the stewardship of words. The stewardship of how we communicate with one another. You know, the average individual speaks about 16,000 words a day. And and that might sound like a lot, and, and I think it is, but the study went on to say that the most chattiest among us speak up to 46,000 words a day. But, but the point of, uh, of our time together last time is that we need to take those words that we have and make the most of them. Make our words count. And today we're talking about taking the time that we've been given and making the most of it. Make that time count. Because just like most everyone here, and everyone here, I would say, has been given the gift of words and the gift of communication. Every single one of us here has been given the gift of time. Every single one of us has been given the gift of time. Every one of us has been given 24 hours in a day. No one here has been given more time than 24 hours a day. No one here has been given less time, less than 24 hours a day. Every single one of us has received the same exact gift. Everyone has been given 24 hours a day. The question now is, what are you going to do with that gift that you've been given? And make no mistake about it, it is a gift. It is a gift that God has given us. If you go back to the book of Genesis, it's interesting to me here in in, in Genesis chapter 2, and I'm just going to look at the last 24-hour period, the last 24-hour gift that he gave us in chapter 2, verse 1. It says, Thus the heavens and the earth and all the host of them were finished. And on the seventh day, it says, God ended his work which he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had done. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because in it he rested from all his work which God had created and made. And so there God at creation creates an additional 24-hour period. He creates time and he says this time is to spend together. This time, I am, I am sanctifying this time. I am blessing this time for us to spend together. And so he has given us 24 hours in a day. He's given us seven days a week. What are we going to do with it? Have you ever heard someone say, man, it just seems like they just have so much more time than I do? It's not true. They don't have more time than you. 
You have 24 hours. They have 24 hours. They might seem like they have more time than you do, maybe because they're managing it or they're being better stewards of that time. And so today we're going to learn what we need to do to be better stewards of our time, taking our time and making it count. I want to share with you some statistics that I came across regarding television. You're like, oh no, there goes the pastor again. He's going to take away my television. I wish I could, (laughs) but I can't. But I'm sharing you these statistics so that maybe you can start realizing that I might have a little more time that I'm leading people to believe I have. All right, but just check these out. The average person spends, or I should say a person spends an average of four and a half hours a day watching television. That comes out to about 28 hours a week. What that translates to is that in one year, that's two months out of the year watching television. Now, I'm just saying, is there something that we can do that will make that time count? All right, here we go. The average person spends 32 hours per month on the internet, social media, whatnot. Children and young adults between the ages of 8 and 18, okay, they spend an average of 7 hours and 38 minutes a day either on the internet, listening to music, uh, playing video games, some kind of media outlet is spent over 7 and a half hours a day. That comes out to 53 hours per week. So for our children, they're spending more than a full-time job a week in media. And I come across kids all the time, oh, I'm so busy. Have you ever heard this one, I don't have time for homework? So the point here is, what do we need to do? What can we do to be good stewards of our time? To take the time that we've been given and make that time, what? Count. And so, if you were to make a list of all the things that are important to you. Make a list of all the things that you value in life. You know, at the top of the list, it might be family. It might be church. At the top of the list, it might be work. You might love your work and value your work. And so you make a list of all the things that you value in life. You might find out that towards the bottom of the list might be, you know, housewives or, you know, uh, ESPN. You're at the bottom of the list. It might be sports. At the bottom of the list, you might have Facebook and Internet and television You know, so if you were to make a list of everything that's important in your life, Jesus is saying that the thing that should be at the very top of the list is God. That's what needs to be at the very top 
of your list. That needs to take top spot when you are prioritizing your life. And what that means is that everything else comes second. Your work, your family, your friends, um, entertainment, media. And and some of those things are great and important. And as you're going to see, we need to invest time in all of those things. But Jesus also said, and you might remember this, in Matthew, he says what? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And what? All of these things shall be added unto you. And so at the top of the list should be you wanting to experience and discover who God is. And I know that it's important for some of you to find a mate. And that's high on the list. But Jesus is saying, even higher than that, instead of trying to discover who your mate's going to be, you need to discover who God is. Because when you prioritize things the way that, that appropriately, everything else will fall into place. And so high on your lifts might be, listen, I need to, to have financial security for me and my family. That might be high on the list. But Jesus is saying even on top of that needs to be God seeking him and his righteousness. And he makes the promise that all of these other things that are important to you, they shall come to pass. I will fulfill them in your life at the perfect time. Okay, put that list aside. And then for one week, make a log of what you're spending your time doing that week. Just log everything that you do from eating to sleeping to working to exercising to, you know, movies to listening to music, just make a list, make a log of how you spent your time that week. And then once you do that, take both lists and compare them. And you might be surprised at what you find. Because you might discover that you're spending way too much time on something that's way too low on my list of things that I value. And you might discover that I am not spending enough time on the things that I value most in life. So that's just a little exercise for you guys to do. But make no mistake about it that Jesus here is saying that the one thing that needs to be of utmost importance in your life is God. So he goes on, like I said, he mentions a lot of things here that are valuable. In, in verses 13 through 21, there he shares a parable where yet again he says, this is another thing that's valuable. This is something else that you should be spending time doing. And so we'll pick up the story in verse 16. He says, then he spoke a parable to them saying, the ground of a certain rich man yielded plentifully. And he thought within himself saying, what shall I do since I have no room to store my crops? So he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build greater. And there I will store all my crops and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have many goods laid up for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, fool, this night your soul will be required of you. Then whose will those things be which you have provided? So he, so is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. And so here Jesus is saying to us that it is important, it is valuable that we spend time 
not figuring out how we can acquire more, not trying to figure out how we can protect our possessions, but how we should provide our possessions. See, we spend most of our time trying to figure out how we can protect the stuff that we have. And Jesus says, what's more important, what's more valuable is trying to figure out how you can give it away, how you can be generous with it. Spend time doing that instead of hoarding. And so see, that goes completely different to the way we think. That goes completely different to what the world teaches. You know, the world says, no, build up your walls. Bring in as much as you can. You know, invest as much as you can. Just bring it all in. And Jesus says, listen, listen, that might be okay and all, but don't, don't forget that I'm the one that gives power to acquire wealth, the Bible says. And don't you forget that everything that you have, I've given to you. And, and what you need to be doing is being a good steward of those things. And so spend your time not trying to figure out how you can protect it. Spend your time figuring out how you can provide for others. That's what's valuable. You see, and so when you're making that list of priorities, right, at the top of the list, You might need to put, God, how can I be more generous or being more generous? And then when you're allocating the 24 hours that you have, you're going to put time to figuring out how you can be more generous with the possessions that God has given you. And so you might have a garage full of stuff that you've never seen. Or I shouldn't say never, maybe you that stuff that you haven't seen for years, put it that way. You know, you know it's there. You maybe think it's there. And maybe my honey threw it away a few years ago, but I think it's in that red, you know, Tupperware box, you know, that kind of stuff. And maybe you need to reallocate your time and say, okay, how can I provide to others from my possessions? And so you might spend quality time, time that Jesus says this is, this is time worth Spending. This is, this is time worth spending. You go in your garage and you figure out from all the possessions that you have how you're going to provide to those that need it more than you. And so you might have, uh, you know, a couple boxes of t-shirts that, that you haven't used that you're just keeping as, as you know, uh, memorabilia. You know? God says, use that. Don't just bury it. Use your time to figure out how you can make it go and do good in the community or do good in the family. And so you might spend a Sunday just going through the garage, figuring out what you can give away, how families in need that might be able to use this toaster. You know, you, you have three toasters, you know, because you, you didn't like the first one you bought. So you put one in storage and then, and then you wanted a toaster that had four. And so you put the, that one that had two. And so you have two toasters in storage, but you're keeping them in case the toaster that has four breaks down. You have an additional one. Or maybe you're just holding on to it so that when your son moves out, you know, to the dormitory, you can give him a toaster. And it's been sitting there for the last three, four years. Do you know what I mean? Spend time figuring out how I can take what I have and invest it somewhere else instead of hoarding it for myself. 
And so here he goes on, I'm telling you, um, in, in, in verses 22 through 34, he talks about uh, another thing that's valuable. And verses 35 through um, 48, he talks yet about something else that's valuable. And 48 through 53, he talks about something else that's valuable. And as you read through this chapter, you figure out, you learn what's important to Jesus. And then that's when we get to verse 56, where he says, you hypocrites, you hypocrites. You say these things are important, but, but you're, you're not discerning the times in which you're living. And you're just, you're wasting away your time instead of investing the time that I've, been give, that I've given you to the things that are really important in life. And so the challenge for us today is to take the 24 hours that we've been given and take those 24 hours and make it count. And the way that we do that, I'm telling you, the way that we do that is first put Jesus at the top of your list. Just put him first and just say, however that might translate into your life or how you might interpret that into your day-to-day, put, just put him first. And then figure out, once you do that, you're going to start figuring out the things that are important to him. And when you figure out the things that are important to him, then start taking the time that he's given you and start investing it in the things that he says are important. Not the things that I think are important, but the things that he says are important. And when you do that, you will find yourself an individual who makes the time that you have count for something good and eternal. Anchor Points with Robert Quintana is a ministry of the Frederick Seventh-day Adventist Church of Frederick, Maryland. If you enjoyed this message, feel free to share it with a friend. You can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or at fredericksdachurch.org. Stewardship is about making the most of what we have, and you may be surprised to learn what God has entrusted to you. Next week, we hope you can listen in as Robert Quintana shares how God calls us to take advantage of the opportunities He gives us. In his fourth and last part of his series, Make It Count. Also, if you're wanting to learn more about how to begin a life change or just wanting more answers, we'd love to talk with you. Feel free to visit us online and check out some of our resources at fredericksdachurch.org. You can also call us during the week at 301-662-5254. We're located right between I-70 and Route 15 on Jefferson Pike. Our main service takes place Saturdays at 11 a.m., and we'd love for you to join us sometime. Remember, God loves you and wants you to live out His purpose.